brand new edition of the Cardinal Accounts Business Lines new podcast series. Here we discuss issues and topics which are in vogue pertaining to the banking sector, and we hope to bring to you fortnight after fortnight things that made the headlines. Today we have with us Mr. Ravi Loonkar. He is one of the senior insolvency professionals. and he's also a partner at rbsa advisors he's seen many of the companies go through stress come through stress and also brought most of them back out in a reasonably reviving healthy manner the topic of discussion with mr loonkar is simple a few days back the ministry of finance put out a number saying that recovery rate in india is around 15% we will ask him if this is good if there is scope to make it better and what we can do as a system to ensure that ibc processes in terms of recovery get completed within the 210 days which was initially slated versus the infinite time period that we're now looking at hi sir welcome to the podcast let's start off with one of the recent statistics that we got from the finance ministry a couple of weeks back which said that the rate of recovery Uh, today in india from bad loans is around 15% what are your comments on that do you believe that ibc as a mechanism uh, to boost uh, the whole uh, recovery process has done enough uh, work on this front sir first uh, my thanks to you for inviting me for this uh, podcast as yes, far sir. as the recovery percentage is concerned what we find that overall recovery though is you know is uh, higher than what it used to be but uh, of late you know there has been uh, a change in the trend and uh, if we exclude top uh, 12 cases which were referred by rbi uh, mm. you know uh, or uh, on at, on the direction of rbi which banks have referred to uh, insolvency then the mm. percentage uh, comes down uh, quite uh, significantly Uh, as you know as per uh, ibbi's uh, newsletter of latest newsletter up to september 21 the recovery in cases uh, where there was a resolution was 31% but if we take aside those what is called as dirty dozens then it works out somewhere around 23% which in my view is uh, is quite uh, low and oh. uh, definitely scope for uh, much you know better recovery uh, if you see internationally in some of the you know markets like us uk australia uh, the recovery is 80% plus so yes there is a definitely scope for better recovery perfect one other point that is often criticized about in the ibc process is the duration that is taken to uh, uh, see finality in the in the recovery mechanism do you believe that again we have a lot of work to put in there because uh, we seeing cases just go back and front and uh, judgments getting uh, judgments or certain decisions uh, coming closer to the finality stage and then getting squashed or then having to revisit the uh drawing table again yes definitely uh, you know that the time which is, uh, it is taking is of concern in fact again uh, you know it was envisaged originally that 180 days within which the resolution will take place which can be extended by another 90 days but uh, in practice it is it is taking much more time 
you know, there are cases which are pending for more than two years. Even the average time in the case of uh, resolution is mm. uh, is one point, you know, uh, six years. And mm. uh, I'm saying that is, you know, after the commencement of the corporate insolvency resolution process. If you see from the date of application to the date of admission, again, there is quite uh, a substantial time. Again, relying upon the data of IBBI, which states that uh, it could be as high as, you know, 22 months in case of uh, applications which are filed under Section 9 uh, oh. by the operational creditors. So overall time is, is really is very high. And uh, and definitely there is a scope uh, for you know compressing this whole timeline. In fact, in my view, time is of essence. Uh, that is the key. In fact, absolutely. And what are the two three things uh, top of the mind that you would you would possibly offer as a suggestion? You've worked in a lot of cases yourself. Uh, you you've dealt with some of them in on, in a real time basis. Uh, Based on your experience, where do you think we can sort of streamline the process? Are there uh, still that many loopholes for, uh, you know, influencing the people uh, at work uh, in the resolution process? There is uh, that gap still for personalization and uh, interventions and so on. How do you think we can make it more tight, sir? Well, so far as the process efficiency is concerned, I must uh, state that, uh, you know, the regulator has done a wonderful job. Uh, so also the government, they have been very proactive. They have plugged all the loopholes. They have introduced changes from time to time. In in that respect, there is not uh, much scope. Mm. Recently also there have been changes which were introduced in September 22. Mm. Uh, in the CRP regulations, which made sure that the process is much more efficient. And there are very, very tight timelines which are specified, you know, both under the code as well as under the regulations. But the issue here is, uh, Hamsini, that in any system, if all the players, all the stakeholders have to work within a certain timeline, or if uh, one of the players rather, or one of the uh, you know, stakeholder, there there are not any timelines are there. Obviously, uh, you know, you won't have the outcome which you would expect. No, I, I'll just come back on that again. Uh, my question was, who are the parties that often cause this uh, uh, friction? Can laws be a little more or uh, supervision over these people be a little more tightened so that the room for uh, uh, delays, the room for, uh, you know, meddling with uh, a system-driven process can be brought down? Well, definitely there is a scope for uh, uh, improvement. And when I state, you know, that the timelines, I would state uh, even right now what is happening that uh, banks, even they refer the cases, uh, you know, after the account has become NPA. And as per the statement uh, of chairman IBBI recently in the, you know, news which has appeared in the newsletter, it takes more than one year, you know, before the, uh, before uh, the case is referred to the uh, NCLT under you know, IBC. Mm. But the question is that why does the bank uh, or why do the banks, you know, hesitate to take it, you know, uh, early? Again, I would, uh, my submission is because their experience shows that it takes, you know, three years or four years for resolution in CR resolution under IBC 
so obviously they are dissuaded from uh, referring uh, uh, more cases actually so key would be that if we can reduce the time overall time for resolution that would have a, a very you know healthy impact in in one of our earlier conversations also you mentioned that uh, today more resolutions are happening outside of ibc rather than people referring to ibc is that a trend that you're seeing as a growing one where are the instances of outside resolution uh, being favored more compared to a court resolution through ibc well that is there is one of the you know most profound impact of ibc uh, if you see uh, it has changed the uh, the behavior of the uh, promoters and the corporates because now they know that if they commit the default then they might as well lose the control of the company so they would like to you know uh, sort of arrive at some sort of uh, settlement or some sort of you know resolution and there are uh, data which show that there were more than 23000 cases involving default mm. or delinquencies exceeding 7 lakh crore where mm. cases were were settled before they were taken to their logical conclusion through the ibc process from the time when the notice is served upon corporate debtor to the mm. filing of the application you know before nclt and mm. even after admission there have been ample number of examples where uh, the companies have come forward and uh, and settled the matter uh, but i'm assuming these would be slightly smaller ticket size uh, exposures uh, that's right that's right uh, generally the exposure in uh, in those cases would uh, uh, be less but if you see the overall uh, number that 7 uh. lakh crore plus uh, 7 lakh 31000 crore is quite a significant number right so in a sense ibc has brought the fear of god among promoters absolutely absolutely how do you reckon the uh, june 7 circular sir that was introduced in 2019 uh, which was uh, quite uh, key and instrumental to a lot of cases sort of uh, put, being put on fast track with respect to what is the way forward do you want to restructure it or do you just want to uh, take a complete hit and move on in life has that has that circular found ample success well uh, i'm saying today's environment is quite different than what it used to be maybe 10 years back or even 8 uh, years back actually okay. when restructuring was the flavor of the season uh, there okay. were uh, regulatory you know forbearance there was uh, you know that rbi's norms allowed the account to be retained as standard uh, oh. even after the account has been uh, you know uh, restructured and that sort of incentivized banks to uh, go for restructuring quite aggressively uh, yes. but uh, that is no longer the case and uh, today once you restructure an account then you have to downgrade it so banks have have no incentive now if i can state so and uh, even in terms of uh, borrower he finds that the uh, conditions and the covenants which are being specified for restructuring are rather onerous in terms of uh, the additional security which is to be offered or in terms of you know the promoter's contribution uh, so it's not really restructuring as a one of the options for resolution is presently not getting that much uh, traction 
Overall, if you see the percentage of restructured standard assets is less than two percent. Right, right. Which means that somewhere are we hedging against ourselves from uh, another massive uh, asset quality breakdown, possibly from large exposures. Well, I uh, personally uh, believe that uh, today the banks are much more cautious. The information sharing is much more, so it is not so easy. For example, Krillik is there, uh, you know, central repository of uh, information for large credits. So, moment somebody commits a default, it is in the, uh, I mean, in large accounts, it has to be notified to Krillik. So, it's not easy for you know corporates to commit default and borrow from others without knowing. Even uh, you know the banks are much more stringent in terms of their monitoring and uh, review, appraisal, etc. So overall, the environment is is better. So uh, it's not so easy, uh, uh, you know. Uh, and there is a price. Uh, the companies also know that there is a price which they have to pay if they commit the default. Uh-huh. So uh, in, in such an environment, uh, my uh, view is uh, is that uh, there won't be delinquency to the levels which we have seen, uh, you know, uh, earlier. Great. Uh, coming back to our point on uh, IBC resolutions, uh, any any uh, pointed uh, uh, feedback or any pointed uh, suggestions that you would possibly like to share uh, with respect to how uh, the time frame and uh, the uh, manual intervention can be shrunk a little more? My view would be that uh, one, like what I've stated, that uh, the timelines are. Uh, is something which we have to seriously look at and uh, there probably the question is that is the judiciary sort of uh, overstretching the law are we sort of uh, over scrutinizing if you see there are uh, judgments which state that mere existence of default is not adequate and uh, viability and financial health should also be you know uh, considered so issue is that are we losing sight of the basic objects and intent of the law and interpreting it the way we like it, which is perhaps de- defeating the purpose of IBC. And there are quite ample number of examples where we find that uh, per se the design and the design of the law is quite robust, but right. in practice somehow you know sort of uh, over stretching it or okay. rather interpreting it rather too liberally. I'll give you a few examples. We have uh, seen the cases where section 79 of the Income Tax Act is there, which states that carry forward of past losses would be allowed uh, to the you know new successful resolution applicant. But uh, there are cases where multiple opportunities have been provided to the Income Tax Department to you know uh, present their views uh, spanning over several months. So, you know, the time it takes get, you know, elongated. Uh, similarly, uh, I can uh, I can state that there are cases where adjudicating authority has uh, called upon the successful resolution applicants uh, and asked whether he would improve the offer. Now, in my view, it is not, you know, uh, for adjudicating authority to seek or to negotiate with the successful resolution applicant. Uh, that is certainly not in that. In, uh, there are cases where you know they have ordered uh, revaluation of assets uh, mm. even outside IBC. 
when when uh, when uh, there were no objections to the valuation or even to the resolution plan so some sort of uh, you know discipline maybe would better serve the objectives fair and, enough but i'm so, sure you know this is while all this is very well intentioned there is no doubt about it right but uh, the concerned people have to think is is it really serving the objective which uh, they intend to or uh, is it uh, sort of counterproductive yes so we can't very simplistically say that uh, uh, ibc is only 5 years old allow it to uh, uh, fester for a couple of more years and then the law will evolve we'll have to make uh, some proactive uh, changes uh, if not uh, changes to the law per se the changes uh, are required uh, in the manner in which uh, law is executed absolutely that is the point fair enough sir fair enough sir i hope to have this conversation with you once again uh, but that time uh, maybe we should hear that uh, uh, number of days is shrinking and that is good news it is well within the 210 uh, fixed tenure that the law had intended look forward to those days soon sir sure and one more thing which i would like to highlight tamsini is that why is it you know like what i have stated the key is the timeline timeline and timeline the moment you know we are able to take the cases uh, to insolvency swiftly the recovery percentage uh, in my assessment would go up quite significantly what happens mm. in indian context uh, i might just dwell upon very briefly uh, sure. we have a system of special mention account and we have a system of npas uh, generally banks take the account uh, to insolvency or take the recovery action after it becomes npa right. and like what i have stated that even there uh, it takes maybe uh, a year or more uh, to oh. refer to ibc but the very fact that the default to the bank again is you know taking place at a stage where you know the it's not at an early stage that the default takes place uh, normally the sequence is like this that whenever the company is under stress first they would be you know sort of uh, delaying the statutory payments uh, mm, that is mm. you know paying the dues to the government like gs or maybe mm. gst and other taxes which they have to deposit mm. uh, next one would be the dues of the employees uh, you know employees and the workers uh, there mm. will be a delay there then some mm. you know payment to your trade creditors and operational creditors correct and correct. after that is you know uh, defaults to the bank or delay in payment to the banks actually absolutely so you know the stress is sets in much early there are early warning signals and uh, obviously now you know whatever reporting we have got in terms of you know accounting and all that standards there are signs which can be captured and if, if action is taken well in time probably the outcome would be much much different even you know there are cases which remain as a special mention account uh, as you know the rbi has a system where if there is a default from 0 to 30 days it is sma 0 31 to 60 days it is sma 2 and if it is more than uh, 60 days 61 to 90 days it is sma 2 i have seen number of cases which remain in a particular category let's say sma 2 for not one quarter two quarters maybe uh, you know it extends even to one year two years right so you know the it is at that time that uh, 
movement i mean so action has to be much faster that's the you know point which i uh, i would like to emphasize uh, yes and uh, like i have stated that even default to the bank is at a late stage of stress uh, but there are signals which one can capture and if we act in time obviously the outcome would be very different uh, one more thing which i would like to mention in this context is this prepacks prepack insolvency resolution uh, which has the potential but somehow uh, the banks uh, have been rather uh, hesitant to really you know initiate uh, prepackage insolvency maybe uh, you know in uh, our context probably it's some sort of nudge is required from regulators or from the government uh, mm. like in the case of dirty dozens also uh, mm. it is just a push from rbi which uh, sort right. of forced the bank otherwise they would have still remained you know on the books of the banks so similarly i believe that in case of prepackage insolvency resolution uh, there could be some sort of you no know, nudge from rbi even uh, this scheme could be extended uh, you know because presently it is applicable to msmes uh, but it could be extended even to the corporate borrowers mm. especially for those accounts which are in sma category let's say for more than 1 years it be that you know those cases are referred uh, by some sort of direction or guidelines or advisory to prepack uh, you know insolvency resolution Absolutely, because banks by themselves don't have the motivation. It will be a hit to their balance sheet and PNL. So uh, the the initiation will not start from the banks. It has to start from uh, elsewhere, and maybe that itself could become an organized uh, uh, segment for uh, initiating the whole process. Yes, sir, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. uh overall i do feel hopeful because ibc is a legislation which takes a holistic view uh right. and this is one law where you know uh, instead of having multiple laws for recovery and revival there is one unified approach it is right. binding on all the stakeholders uh, yes. so it it's a, a step in the very right direction and we have seen that uh, government and regulators have been very proactive uh in oh. the last few years in fact uh, the uh, progress which uh, has taken place is at unprecedented pace yes. uh, so it's it's uh, it's and even you know judiciary has been in, to certain extent you know they have uh, been very have let down the law uh in some of the you know remarkable cases so it has uh, it's a right initiative but we need to really see that the timelines are adhered to that is yes. the key absolutely like i said i look forward to having another conversation with you where we saying that let's be optimistic uh, if not 210 like what i said earlier at least if it comes down to 300 it's not a good number i think from where we are today yeah i agree i hope so I hope so too sir and I hope to have this conversation with you again in another about a year of time thank you thank you so much